I don't lie and I don't sugarcoat. So if you want to print, you know, I, I, Larry Clark is very dear to me and I think he's a visual genius. I'm having a great, great time working with him on this picture. But off the record, you know, I doubt I'll ever work with him again. That was Brad Renfro talking about Larry Clark. Whew, boy, am I glad this day finally arrived. My Lord, the bully movie thing. I mean, he's very, he doesn't know, you know, he's... Yes, but he, he does have a genius quality where he hires the right people to where he doesn't really have to do much but sit back and watch it fall together. I don't understand what the hell is going on with you. You guys don't work, you don't go to school, you don't do anything. All you do is lay around and drive your cars. You know how that makes me feel? Mad. <laughs> Bobby and I have been friends since we were like almost born. Raped Alec treats everyone like shit. So what are you gonna do, Lisa? He's the source of everybody's troubles. Are we really gonna do this? This guy deserves to die. Is he dead yet? Getting there. Mom, what if you witnessed a crime, like a murder? What are your kids up to, Allie? You killed Bobby. You murdered Bobby Kent? I wouldn't even say they murdered him. I mean, he was fighting back. I was combing through some Brad Renfro interviews. This is a chocked full of little treasure episode you guys are going to love. And he just seems like someone you want to be besties with and, like, ride around with. You have arrived in a great place to be. You are not alone, you are beautiful, and you are about to be entertained. Hey. All right, let's get in that bully frame of mind. Here we go. I want to see some hands in the air. Grab your roids. Welcome to the much anticipated bully movie thing. Let's do this. Bully is a 2001 American crime film directed by Larry Clark, starring Brad Renfro, Bijou Phillips, Rachel Miner, Michael Pitt, Leo Fitzpatrick, Daniel Franzese. Kelly Garner, and Nick Stahl. Jeez Louise, 
If that's not the most 90s thing I've ever heard, I just don't even know. The plot follows a group of teenagers in South Florida. Oh, shit. Casey Anthony style, you know it. Who enact a murder plot against their mutual friend who has emotionally, physically, and sexually abused them for years. The film is based on the 1993 murder of Bobby Kent, and its screenplay was adapted by David McKenna under the pseudonym Zachary Long, interesting, and Roger Pullis from the book Bully, a true story of high school revenge by Jim Schultz. Filming took place in Southern Florida in the summer of 2000. Oh my God. Just hearing Southern Florida in the summer of 2000 felt like a punch to my gut. Okay, boy, I think I have some PTSD. It's okay. Sorry, I grew up in Florida as a queer person in the 90s. Oh God, there it is. All that money I spent on therapy and that's all I had to say. Bully was given a limited release in the United States on July 13, 2001, and met with mixed critical responses. Though many critics noted the film's disturbing and straightforward handling of youth crime and murder. Okay, let's just get the Larry Clark thing out of the way. (laughs) Oh my god. Other Larry Clark films include Kids, of course. If you hadn't seen Kids, you're not into film. I'd say that. Uh, I saw that right when it came out in 1995. I was 16 years old. Oh, man. That fucked me up for years. Years. I had never, ever, ever seen anything like that. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but 95 was a very scary year. There was a lot going on. Man, I could go on and on about kids. I mean, I'm sure there's... It's harmed and affected everyone who's ever seen the film. I I definitely say that. But there are so many unsettling aspects, and that's what the movie set out to do. So (laughs) Larry Clark did his job, and I don't even want to talk anymore about Larry Clark. All right. Anything else to say about the movie Kids? I mean, there's a lot to say, but uh, let's just move on. Okay, he also did Another Day in Paradise. Never saw that, I don't think, or it's been a while. Don't remember it. Okay, here's another one. Larry Clark, Ken Park from 2002. Okay, this is banned in the U.S., and I actually saw it in Germany when I was on tour uh, with uh, the bass player, Mondo Lopez. Hey, Mondo. Uh, he's really into film. Actually, he has his, he's a filmmaker. He has his own company, Mondo and Kevin Beauchamp, mondoandkevin.com. Um, but yeah, he and I watched it... <laughs> Oh my god, in our hotel room. We were like, what? Oh god, don't watch Ken Park. Uh, whew, that's all I have to say about that. Okay, yes. Last night as I was writing the episode, I listened to the soundtrack to, you know, the Bully movie with all the rap songs. You know when they're driving around town and they're listening to that, like the most vulgar rap? I listen to rap and I've never heard of the rappers. Well, I heard of one rapper, but I never really heard of the rappers in this movie. I'm not complaining about it. It's just, it's so fitting. It's so fitting, the rap music that they chose. It's so... So it's such great choices. What we about to do, cuz. We about to get fucked up. Cigarettes, heroin. We about to get fucked up. Coke, crack, ice. Blaze it up. Shine. 
I definitely recommend a listen to the Bully soundtrack just to be like, what? It's like walking in a funhouse. Like, you've never seen anything like that. Or I hadn't. Uh, Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth is on the soundtrack as well. He does, like, this intense noise, like, artsy stuff, emotional, like, scene-pushing stuff. It's good. Okay. Now, Melissa, the faithful listener who requested the bully movie thing, uh, she grew up in southern Florida just like I did. Melissa is so cool. She has an Alice in Chains tattoo on her wrist. I mean, how metal is that? Like, it's so cool. Um, But, yeah, so sometimes we talk about, you know, how it was growing up in Florida. We'll compare notes and... One of the things when we were discussing this movie together, one of the things we were talking about how it's just so true to Florida is how everybody's sweating all the time in the movie. And that's very true to, you know, Larry Clark. It's like everybody has bad haircuts. Everybody's sweating. Everybody's clothes are... It's like you want to change so many aspects, and that's part of the unsettling. Actually, A24 does that a lot with their films. People, you know, guys will have just, like, beards growing down their neck and, like, a shitty haircut or, you know, just some... They they do something that you just... It kind of drives you crazy and you have to learn how to let go, you know, to like enjoy the film. But yeah, so one of the aspects of this movie that's just so great is everybody's sweating all the time. And that's really what it's like. And all the guys, they never wear shirts. It's like, that's what Florida is like. You're sweating all the time. The guys aren't wearing shirts and you're driving around smoking pot being like, oh my God, let's get the fuck up out of here. It's like, what do you do for fun? Um, Let's go to Publix and get subs. It's like, no. <laughs> But yeah, this movie, minus the violence and the murder, was very, very, very similar to my youth. I would say I was like a mix between Donnie and Derek. (laughs) Just like dropping acid and playing video games and playing in the woods and cruising and just hanging out with people and just literally, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I have acid in my glove box. Cool. I mean, that's (sighs) drive around, drop acid, have sex, play video games, fuck up people's houses, steal signs. Hanging out with older people, buying drugs, breaking the law, straight up. I mean, whatever. It was so boring. What else are you going to do, right? (laughs) So, yeah, that's why I moved to L.A. I was like, stealing signs and spray painting on shit. I just gotta go, y'all. Here's another clip of Brad Renfro. He, of course, plays Marty. This interview actually wasn't too long after the filming of Bully. Pretty fresh in his mind. And this clip... He's discussing the size difference between him and fellow actor Nick Stahl. Because I guess their real guy, Bobby Kent, was like pretty big. Like bodybuilder roid guy. And uh, so yeah, spoiler alert, right? We're going to talk about the movie. You guys know what the movie's about, so we're not going to recap and rehash. But here we go. This is Brad Renfro talking about Nick Stahl. Well, in real life, Bobby Kent was twice Marty Puccio's size. And when Nick got down here, and he was about that size, right there, not too much bigger than myself, I was a little worried, you know? But I think it actually adds to some of the, the, the uh, psychological appeal, you know, because I'm playing M- Marty very, you know, introverted and repressed, and you can just see this repression. And am I, I haven't seen dailies, can, am I wrong? Then, but I, as far I think you're gonna see like this repression in, in Marty, and Nick's just all one way, just just misogynistic, brutal bastard, you know? And it's like through the whole film, you kind of slowly see a transition of Marty stepping up to bat when he does brutally murder the guy. Mm. Yeah, God. That Nick Stahl character, relentless. 
<laughs> I mean, I've never seen anything like that. What a great job Nick Stahl did, huh? My favorite scene with him is when he's washing his hands and he spits at his own reflection in the mirror. It's so, such a powerful scene. Mm. Okay, this is pretty interesting. Here's a clip of Leo Fitzpatrick. He plays the self-proclaimed hitman. And as y'all know, he plays Telly in the movie Kids. I just like to call Bully the sequel to Kids, really. This is a pretty interesting clip of Leo Fitzpatrick. And at the end, Chloe Sevigny comes in and says a little joke. This is about his time right after the filming of the movie Kids. Leo Fitzpatrick, the self-proclaimed hitman and bully. And y'all remember Telly. Um, so here's Telly's voice, him from Kids, and then we'll move on to his little clip. When you're young, not much matters. When you find something that you care about, then that's all you got. Sometimes when you're young, the only place to go is inside. So y'all remember him from Kids. Here he is 20 years later talking about his time right after the filming of Kids. It's weird. In New York, it felt like everybody you knew was in the film. So it wasn't, it wasn't like uh, you weren't talking to too many people outside of that world even after the film. You know, we kind of all went back to doing just what we were doing before. You know, it's, it's only until later that you kind of notice, like I would get a lot of, uh, I went back to work in a skateboard shop and I would get a lot of like, threatening calls and weird things like this, but... I would get a lot of tearful hugs on the street. Now, some people know this, some people don't. Some people know this and some people don't. Mmm, I'm feeling a little dance. All right, Daniel Franzese, he played Derek. He said that during the filming, he was a victim of abuse by Bijou Phillips, who played Allie. In November 2017, actor Daniel Franzese alleged that Phillips had ridiculed him about his sexuality and weight, as well as physically assaulted him on the set of the movie Bully. Phillips subsequently apologized for her behavior. That same month, actress Heather Matazzaro claimed that Phillips held her against the wall and choked her shortly before filming for Hostel 2 began. Hmm. Bijou Phillips is the daughter of John Phillips. He's the brains behind the Mamas and Papas. And Guinevere Waite, she's an actress, singer, and model. Okay, here's a clip of Daniel Franzese. I played this a few episodes ago, uh, you might remember. Just a quick little clip about him talking about Hollywood. You go to Hollywood and you want to film set, chances are there's going to be some douchebag, whether it's a director or in this case another actor, that just behaves shitty. And that's just Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. Like some people are just like that and you're just going to have to deal with it. But we're finally reaching a point where people have the confidence to stand up and do something about it. Mm -hmm. If something like this is happening, you have to stand up and say something about it. doesn't matter who the fucking actor is, how big of a star they are. Show some fucking leadership and then people will follow like an example from that. In 2000, like the society's view on being gay, being bi was so fucking different. Go back and watch any comedies up to like the year 2010. Mm -hmm. And they're just still making homophobic jokes and like making caricatures out of gay people. I want to be friends with him, not just because he was in Mean Girls, God. And uh, he has a nice little update at the end of this episode. I have a little update on all the main actors and the real people. Because that's how I roll. Yeah, I was looking for interviews with Nick Stahl. Man, he's a ghost. He's like, F all that. He comes out, makes a movie, and I don't know what he does. Probably has a damn podcast about, like, fucking fantasy football or some shit. All right. Okay, let's talk about Rachel Miner. Okay, I didn't know that she had 
been married to Macaulay Culkin for like two years. Man, her character freaks me out, huh? She's good. She's a good actress. She plays Marty's girlfriend. He's a total hunk. Man, she's good. She freaks me out. Here's a clip, Brad Renfro, talking about Rachel Miner. It's a little weird, but here we go. Oh, I think that everyone is, 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 I mean, this is the age-old epitome of ensemble because everyone is doing their character. There is no one stealing this film from anyone. You know, I think everyone, everyone's really, I'm, Rachel Miner is a, is a genius. And I'll be the first to admit that I'm very surprised, I was very surprised at that, you know, I mean, you know, I, I'll admit, you know, I mean, what you, you see her in the in the, the magazines and the pictures as as Macaulay Culkin's wife, and that's, you know, uh, it's 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 almost inevitable, you know. That's the you know, I'll admit I was dumb general public Joe Schmo, you know, before I saw when she got on that set, bro. She she really really impressed me. She keeps me on my toes, you know, when we're working together. It's really it's tough. Bro, let's hear that part again. That really made my day. I love Brad Renfro. So when she got on that set, bro. All right. Rachel Miner. The boys, the actual boys, Marty and Bobby, the real life ones, they spent a lot of time at the gym. They had found out that they both used steroids and that Kent's already aggressive personality worsened from the roids. Yes. I hear it shrinks your balls, too. Puccio and Kent were also involved in the gay prostitution subculture that was rampant in southern Florida at the time. To what degree is largely unknown, but it's speculated that Kent was pipping out Puccio at clubs. Roger Ebert was one of the film's notable admirers and gave the film four out of four stars and stated in his review, Larry Clark's bully calls the bluff of movies that pretend to be about murder but are really about entertainment. Interesting. His film has all the sadness and shabbiness, all the mess and cruelty and thoughtless stupidity of the real thing. If the director doesn't have a strong personal feeling about material like this, he shouldn't be making movies about it. Clark is not some objectified outside adult observer making an after-school special, but an artist who has made a leap into this teenage mindscape. I believe Bully is a masterpiece in its own terms, a frightening indictment of a society that offers absolutely nothing to some of its children and an indictment of the children who lack the imagination and courage to try to escape. Bobby and his killers deserves one another. Whoa. What? Oh my god. That's like the realest movie review I've ever heard. <sighs> Damn. Okay. Roger Ebert. Shit and all. Okay, yes. All right, let's wrap up the show. Let's just think. Anything else I want to say about the Bully movie? I think that uh, Roger Ebert said it all. He said it best. I second that. <laughs> uh, okay, let's wrap up the Bully movie thing. Let me just think. Anything else? Nope. Okay, where are they now? Quickly. From ForensicFilesNow.com. Okay, here we go. Allie, remember her? That's Bijou Phillips. So Allie, having served the real person now, y'all, we're in the real people mode, having served six years of a 40-year sentence, later reduced to 17 years, she is free now and calls herself Alice. After moving to Palm Bay, Florida, okay, I know where that is, very, very close to where I grew up, she picked up a charge for retail theft in 2013. Oh, wonder what she stole. 
It was a probation violation, but it didn't land her back in prison. A year earlier, she appeared on the Dr. Drew show where she was introduced as the mother of four. She lives with her husband and kids in Melbourne, Florida. Oh my God, Melbourne's like 15 minutes away from my hometown. We said um, skip school and go to Melbourne. Hang out at the surf shops, smoke weed with the older guys. Okay, here we go. Marty Puccio, the real one now, y'all. Don't be thinking about Brad Renfro. Fun fact, the real Marty has a tattoo of a bulldog with a human body on him. Isn't that funny? Okay. A judge reduced Marty's sentence from death penalty to life. Okay. It appears he will be up for parole in two years, y'all. Interesting. We're going to follow that. Okay. Okay, Lisa Connolly, that's Marty's girlfriend. Lisa served 11 years. She got out of jail in 2004. She lives in Pennsylvania with her daughter from her relationship with Marty and a younger son. All right. Oh, yeah, she's a little hustler. Lisa turned to self-employment, become a certified optician, and running a cleaning business. She's uh, making them dollars. She's kept a low profile since her release. Okay, Donnie. Y'all know Donnie, the real one. He expected a sentence of no more than 22 years, but instead got life because he, quote, delivered a stab wound to Kent's neck that started the homicidal frenzy. Interesting. Okay, so he uh, set it off. He was the Latifa. Donnie has gotten 20 infractions in prison so far, y'all, including possessing a weapon and drug and alcohol use. He's got that hooch. Okay, quickly, we're almost done. Derek who reportedly helped carry Bobby Kent's body to the water's edge, confessed a few days later. Y'all know, just like in the movie, he was freaking out. He testified against the others in a plea deal and served six years in minimum security. He has a kid now and is a truck driver. Okay, what are the actors doing? Quickly, Daniel Franzese, my new bestie, right? Call me. He's doing theater, and he's, like, dating someone. A dude. He seems to be really happy and creating. All right, Nick Stahl, who, of course, played Bobby Kent. Oh, this guy is a mystery wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a nightmare, wrapped in a something. In May 2012, Stahl's wife reported him missing. It was later reported that Stahl had checked into rehab. On December 27, 2012, Stahl was arrested in an adult film store in Hollywood, California. I wonder which one. Okay, it's a little adult bookstore and arcade called X-Spot. I didn't know there's an arcade in L.A., God, I may still be out there if I knew that. X-Spot, I don't know that. But I guess he was, like, jerking it. <sighs> Man. No charges were filed due to insufficient evidence. Okay, I guess he didn't... Never mind. Okay. On June 28, 2013, Stahl was arrested in Hollywood. Oh, Lord, for alleged possession of meth. Oh, no. In a 2017 interview at the Dallas Comic Show... Stahl stated that he moved to Texas and was taking a leave of absence from acting to concentrate on family and sobriety. I Stahl returned to acting. He's like, fuck this, man. He was out there not even a year. Stahl returned to acting in 2018 when filming of The Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson began. Interesting. Boy, he didn't even last a year out there. <laughs> okay, moving on. Michael Pitt. Y'all know him from... Um, you know, funny games, uh, last days. He played Donnie, the guy who puked, you know, when he was on acid. Okay, Michael Pitt has a band named Pagoda. I didn't know that. Plays guitar. Pitt has also appeared in Asia Argentino's Heart, 
is deceitful above all things, and M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Oh, yeah, okay. And he did Gus Van Zandt Last Days. Man, that's a good resume, huh? Oh, okay, I didn't know this. Michael Pitt performed all of the songs in Last Days, which closely resembled Cobain's guitar and singing styles. Okay. I don't know. I only watched that once. I couldn't get through it. It's like, oh my god. It's like, that's how I live every day anyways. Like, just wandering around my house being like, oh my god. Like, it's too depressing. Like, I don't need to see somebody else do that shit. Oh yeah, this is interesting. On the set of Last Days, he met, uh, this is Michael Pitt, he met Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth, who had been hired by Van Zant to serve as the film's music consultant. Interesting. The pair formed a close bond, with Thurston Moore writing, Gus wanted me to hang out with Michael and talk about his character, and let him be in character. We ended up spending a lot of time together. My daughter Coco still relates to Michael as Blake from Last Days. In 2005, Pitt revealed that he had been engaged for a long time now to model Jamie Botchert instead of her, quote, she's my other half. Nice. That's nice. Okay, update on Rachel Miner. That's Lisa, Marty's girlfriend, the Macaulay Culkin's ex. She has MS now, and she is on YouTube speaking about her life with MS and being a pretty good support system, it looks, for other people with MS. So I think that's it on the bully movie thing. I hope it was everything you thought it would be, everything you wanted. I hope that you're happy and it could help entertain you. But basically, i am just been on a writing frenzy. I'm just locked in my room and I'm just writing several episodes. We're going to close the show out with a, uh, I know you guys are going to hate this, right? Oh, I'm embarrassed. Mac Miller song called The Festival. This song is a collab with Little Dragon. I like Little Dragon. But yeah, I just realized that it was a collab. What do you guys think this song is about? What do you think the meaning behind this song is? The Festival, Mac Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a little more beat. Yeah. She accept me as a deity and tell me the secrecy won't keep it free I'm sleeping, won't dream until the demons leave I took a nap beneath a tree in the shade For the sharpness of the swords and blades of grass Picturing the images that make you laugh I left you out to die, but will you take me back? Somewhere in between the crazy and the conscious She's naked underneath them shadows Let the sunlight undress her slow I don't know who I am I'm so good at doing impressions off I'm going to the festival the festival, you need to let me go I wake up, have a couple Benadryls Go back to sleep, so I made up Everything they said was real It has to be, cause actually the master fast asleep And the castle's back back in his private quarters Private quarters, that's a master for you This a revolution, we don't have no order All this torture, thought I had to warn you Leave it all behind and go to California Past the signs, it's the real thing Try analyzing this feeling
festival to the festival to the festival.